Hello, and welcome to Anime Audio Commentary. Today I'll be commenting on episode 4 of Dungeon Meshi. If you'd like to watch along, then start watching now. Alright, so it seems as though we're getting uh, a little bit of exposition about the dungeon and what might lie ahead. You know, I get the feeling that if they're descending into sort of an abandoned castle, this might be the home of uh, undead things. At least that's the sort of vibe I'm getting. Yeah, there we go. How about that? Look at the big brain on me. Unfortunately, uh... Okay, you know what? Never mind. I'm wrong. Lias is just assuming everything's undead. But, thinking about it, uh, the undead don't make for good food, you know? I guess I thought the same thing about animated armor before, you know, how could you possibly eat that? But, uh, you know, I really don't think there's any way you can sort of eat something that's undead, because, like, best case scenario, if it's something you would already eat if it were living, it's gotta be all rotten and decayed. And at the same time, you know, they're mentioning golems and stuff like that, like, you can't eat those either, those are purely... Maybe not inorganic, but inedible, if nothing else. I mean, they're normally made of, like, clay and stuff like that, right? Alright, so this is interesting, you know. Senshi has a little, uh... I guess you'd call it a safe house. So, you know, that's something. If nothing else, they have, uh... A temporary base of operations. Okay, that is interesting. So, on the one hand, there's not much besides the undead on the third layer, which they're currently on. But, Senshi's saying golems contain nutrition. 
that's, uh... That's interesting. So, they're not edible in and of themselves, but they are, uh... Perfect for use as a garden. That is, uh... I almost want to call it shockingly bizarre, but I guess seeing as how they were able to eat the little mollusks that comprise animated armor, I guess it's kind of par for the course. And seeing as how Senshi is so fixated on eating and, you know, cooking in dungeons and stuff like that, I guess it would make sense you would try to farm wherever possible. And I guess, considering that there are a bunch of golems and not much else that's edible, you know, why not make the best of a bad situation? So I guess the question here... I mean, not really much of a question, you know, the golems do seem hostile. And I guess they would be depending on who created them and for what purpose. I mean, Senshi at least knows what's up. If you move that little... I guess you'd call it a totem from the golem, then the whole thing ceases to function. Yeah, so that's interesting, you know. I'm wondering how exactly he managed to plant stuff on the golems while they were still up and active. Now that is an interesting point, the idea that the roots of the plants um, essentially make the soil more firm. I mean, that is true, because roots, they essentially form like a network, and... Yeah, that, that is interesting that the garden is, in a sense, also beneficial to the golem. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I guess it had to come up eventually. Fertilizer. Ooh, okay, that's a little something. So it seems as though Senshi made the golems, but uh, apparently you're not supposed to do that. It's illegal. I mean, I, I guess it makes sense, you know, sort of... Uh, creating a golem is sort of something only like an evil wizard would do, really. Because, you know, sure, a golem is something that could be nice and helpful, but it's also something that could be used for evil. You know, like a big sort of bulky, hired muscle for a squishy wizard. You know what? I, uh... I kind of appreciate Senshi's disdain for the law. Because, you know, he's not doing anything bad with the golems, he's just using them to farm. I think this is one of those things where it's maybe more like, uh... You know, he's operating within the spirit of the law, but not the letter, I guess. I mean, technically he is kind of breaking it either way, but... Surely such a law is intended to prevent... Evil wizards from doing stuff like this. Or to prevent people who would be evil wizards. Yeah, well, I guess that sort of explains how he uh, manages to maintain this farm. Because, you know, 
the golems certainly didn't seem beholden to him, even though he was the one who created them. Which, you know, it's interesting. Normally the case is if you make the golem, the golem obeys you. Okay. Ooh. Man, uh, just... The audacity to just dab on an elf like that. But, uh, Senshi does have a good point, you know? You, you have to maintain your skills. But, uh... Wow. To say that, you know, your method is the same as buying vegetables from the store, that's, uh... It's kind of rude. I mean, if nothing else, at least this is, uh... One meal that an elf can appreciate. Uh-oh. Yeah, Elias is asking questions that probably don't bear thinking about. You know, if a golem is 99% soil, what's that last little 1%? And, um... Judging by Marcel's reaction, I'd imagine it was fertilizer or something like that, but, uh... I don't know, it could be dark magic, too. Still probably doesn't bear thinking about. Oh, dear. Yeah, I think we know. Oh dear. So I guess, uh, at least Senshi is diligent enough to sort of, uh, maintain the cleanliness of the dungeon. But, uh, you know, that's not his only motive. And I guess uh, Marcel has to learn an unfortunate lesson about where food comes from. You know, it turns out, uh... Fertilizer's used basically everywhere, and it's, uh... You know, pretty gross all the time, but it is also necessary. That's an interesting point, actually. You know... If Senshi doesn't do it, who else will? Alright, so that's, uh... Huh. I guess we, uh, we now have a wider appreciation of the ecosystem in this dungeon. You know, the golems, in addition to being gardens, uh, they also protect these comparatively high levels of the dungeon from other monsters who would invade. Man, you know, I guess it's kind of short-sighted to rag on Senshi for uh, illegally activating golems. Especially seeing as how they seem to perform a vital function. I mean, I guess the good thing is that the golems are fairly self-sufficient. You know, 
since she's effectively the steward of the third floor, but at the same time, you know, he can kind of leave it alone for stretches of time. Yeah, you know, I think uh, a fair degree of thought went into this. Because, you know, since she obviously makes more vegetables than uh, he can use, but uh, the remaining stuff he barters. And I guess that would make sense. Like, fresh produce and stuff like that, that surely must fetch a decent price deep in a dungeon where that sort of stuff wouldn't normally appear. You know, it's nice that finally Marcel is, uh, invested in the food, you know. It's not something that can just be wasted. And, you know, that is uh, good to think like that, that you shouldn't just waste food. But at the same time, if it's going to go to waste, the least you could do is sort of, uh, reintegrate it into the soil to use it as a sort of fertilizer in and of itself. Yeah, now I guess something like this was bound to happen eventually, that they would find essentially a black market, you know. And I guess it does make sense that people who are outlaws would hide within a dungeon. I do find it interesting that uh, the people here aren't interested in buying or bartering for food, rather. Seems kind of short-sighted, if you ask me, but I guess these people are criminals and outlaws. Oh, dear. So this is a... Uh, Serious business now. You have these, uh, rascally monsters invading. And I guess sort of in defiance of the other monsters we've seen before, these are intelligent, and, um... I guess cat's out of the bag. They're orcs. It's weird to think of orcs as... furry, you know? I guess I'm more used to the Lord of the Rings interpretation. Oh, of course. Of course, since she's on good terms with them. I mean, it uh, doesn't stop the orcs from butchering everybody else rather messily. Yeah, now that's something alright. Because, uh... Yeah, it, it is interesting that... A, uh, a dwarf would associate himself with orcs. Normally that's uh, kind of verboten. But I guess, you know, hard times have hit everyone. The orcs are also uh, at the mercy of the red dragon, which is to say things are really bad for them.
Oh. That was a little tactless, I think, saying, you know, hey, where's that red dragon that's been uh, attacking your settlement? It's like, oh, you want to know where our settlement is, huh? So you can, what, kill us? So I guess, if nothing else, uh... Ooh, I take that back. I was gonna say at least the orcs don't seem hostile to them, but, uh... Yeah, man. This is what you get for trusting and associating with orcs. I mean, I guess uh, cooler heads seem to have prevailed, you know, since she is brokering a deal. Huh. You know, I would have expected uh, a bit more of a fight just because uh, orcs are generally portrayed as evil and kind of irredeemably so. You know, you can sort of get away with fighting and killing them without much of a moral dilemma. Okay, so since she's got an ulterior motive, you know, he wants to make bread. And, you know, to some degree, can you really blame the guy? But at the same time, you know, it's really neither the time nor the place to be concerned about something like that. Especially when orcs have just threatened to kill you uh, if you don't give them all your stuff. It is very telling that since she's more concerned about food and cooking than he is about, uh, their lives or their present living conditions. Now I guess that's to be expected, you know, the little orkling doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah, I figured something like this would be par for the course. You know, the idea that uh, both the orcs and the others have a different view of history and, you know, the inevitable conflicts that would have broken out. You know, I think this is uh, kind of an interesting scene where, you know, the orc and Marcel go back and forth explaining why the various things happened. I mean, uh, maybe it's not a good idea to do so while ostensibly under the hospitality of the orcs. But, uh, I mean, at the same time, can you really just let this stuff stand? I also find it interesting that it's Marcel who's speaking up here. I mean, I guess maybe she has a reason to dislike Oryx more than the others. You know, 
Lias doesn't seem all that hostile or uncomfortable, you know. I guess it's interesting, and it kind of makes sense that the orc assumes that Lias is in this whole thing for the reward. And I guess he also sort of takes a dim view of adventurers, which makes sense to a degree. But, uh, you know, he really doesn't understand that Lias is actually here to save his sister. You know, Marcel is making a good point. If you're so worried about what would happen if an adventurer succeeds, then, you know, why not compete? Or are orcs simply not capable of competing on the same level? It's weird that the cooking is almost taken uh, a backseat. You know, I'm glad Senshi is sort of refocusing us on what's important. In this case, baking bread. Yeah. You know, these orcs aren't very hospitable. You know, we let you make the bread, but the bread is ours. At least the little orcling has some sense that, you know, you guys came here under a truce ostensibly. You know, you don't have to be at each other's throats. And Marcel, to her credit, is also extending an olive branch, you know. Hey, here's how you eat a well-balanced meal. Bread alone won't do. You know, that's rather cunning of Senshi to sort of, uh, I guess, make the orc keep his promise by talking about it in front of his son. You know, nobody wants to appear to be a liar to their kids. At least not anyone with a shred of decency. So I guess there's something to be said for, you know, different dishes made with similar ingredients. You know, because all the stuff they ate earlier is basically being used to make something new now. Now I guess, to Lias' credit, he's uh, also extending an olive branch. You know, the idea being he doesn't care about the orc settlement. He simply wants to kill the dragon, which is understandable, but I don't see why the orc would be willing to trust him at all, considering what he's done so far. Alright, so that's something interesting, you know, the settlement is two floors down. That's where the dragon was last seen. Something tells me if they do catch up to the dragon, it's not gonna... It's not going to be the end, but 
I, I don't know. See, I'm, I'm thinking either they show up and skirmish with the dragon, or the dragon's gone by the time they get there. You know, it's kind of hard to tell which. You know, I think that's a fair point. Everybody does get hungry, and if nothing else, you can find some common ground that way. Alright, well that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, then by all means, tune in for the next one. See you, Space Cowboy.